0: Greetings, sports fans, Catholic Radio listeners. My name's Steve Ferguson. Joined with uh, to, with us tonight as our co-host, Brad Moore. Brad is back on the show after uh, being gone last week, and I'm glad to have Brad back and get some balance, Brad. and yeah, well, It was a little rough it, being it, alone. It was a one-week hiatus. It was actually nice.
1: I made it out to the Nebraska-Maryland football game, got to tour D.C. for a couple days. I go out there a lot for work, but I never get to tour. So very nice couple de- days uh,
0: topped off by a Nebraska victory. That's awesome. We're going to have a lot to talk about tonight. At the end, the last section of our show is purely going to be Iowa-Nebraska football matchup. And of course, Brad and I have been waiting for this all season, so that'll be a fun conversation for us. Uh, we'll get our Big Ten Hoops uh, discussion a little bit in the Room of Knowledge uh, coming up. and uh, But we're going to start off tonight's show talking a little bit of Siouxland sports, primarily Dakota Valley volleyball. Um, We're kind of in that break right now between volleyball, basketball, Brad, and the high school. And I think it's just a good time to really sit back and appreciate what uh, the Dakota Valley Panthers have done this year uh, under uh, first year coach, Mary Miller. I think that she's, uh, well, Dakota Valley
1: has been a good uh, volleyball program. Now with Mary Miller, I think it's the beginning of a dynasty. Um, they've, They've won state a couple times in the last few years. It's either been Sioux Falls Christian or DV, I think
0: for the past nine years, state championship. Yeah, you're 100 uh, percent correct on that, and I think it's now now it's ten years with the, with the Sioux Falls Christians, five set thriller, uh, winner over Dakota Valley. Dakota Valley is the state runner up, and uh, I happened to watch uh, both the semis and the finals. Um, I was home and. Uh, I'm really glad that I did. It was really exciting volleyball. Yeah, I was sitting
1: actually on the tarmac for two hours trying to get out of uh, Baltimore. And I actually got to watch the championship match uh, on my iPhone while I was sitting there on the tarmac. And I really thought uh, Dakota Valley came back in game four stormed back, snuck out a victory, uh, in the fourth set. Mm -hmm. And and I thought they, you know, the way momentum goes Mm -hmm. in high school, I thought they were
0: going to get the fifth set. Well, you know, and it's, uh, I totally agree. It's such a momentum sport. And, uh, I heard a quote that, uh, actually coach Mary Miller told the girls when they were playing a five set match this year and, and, uh, one of our, our good friends, Brian Atchison's daughter's on the team. And he said, coach Miller looks at the girls going into the five sets the fifth set of a match, and says, you know why you play five sets? To figure out who the best team is. And uh, Dakota Valley was right there with Sioux Falls Christian. Sioux Falls Christian uh, played just a little bit better than that fifth set, but golly, what a performance by Allie Beersford in the championship game. Brad, she had a triple-double. She had 12 kills as a setter, 49 assists and 13 digs along with a block. She was just uh, spectacular in that match.
1: Yeah, she was great, and I was really impressed I was impressed with a lot of girls, but I'm impressed with the youth at uh, Dakota Valley. They they did not play like sophomores and freshmen. How about Vanderhall?
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. That last set, I was going, what just happened here? I mean, she was making swings like a senior, 15 kills. And uh, man, the as the announcer on the, the show said, man, the Class A coaches in South Dakota are going, oh my gosh, God, yes. look what's coming.
1: Yes. And, you know, uh, speaking of Atchison, uh, Sophie, I I was really impressed. She took some big swings in big moments Mm -hmm. as a young player. uh, She did not look like sophomore out there.
0: You know, what was most impressive to me during the the Sioux Falls Christian match. And this was something that's been discussed along the season for Dakota Valley was they had to block better. Their blocking continued to get better in that championship match and really went up. And, And I thought Sophie Atchison, who had three blocks, was really, really instrumental in helping contain that uh, Glanzer, who was dominant early. And then, of course, uh, Tori Schultz in the middle, Rachel Wente in the middle, and then uh, uh, Georgia Vandenhall, the freshman, along with Rosenquist, they all started getting touches on the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah, Rosenquist also 15 kills along with Vanderhall. Um, just a really a, a complete uh, uh, team uh, tournament. I, I mean, I, there were several standouts for Dakota Valley future really looks bright for you. Yeah, them.
0: Sammy Archer and Amanda Wilshire playing in the back row as uh, underclassmen were absolutely fantastic. And uh, Jensen, who came as a senior as a DS, she had some great uh, digs as well and passes. And their defense arguably is the best in the state, um, just the way they had to they had to compete with getting touches on blocks. Next year, it'll be hard-pressed to think of a better school across all classes that'll have a better front line than Dakota Valley coming back.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to replace, uh, you know, the – Gotta Keep, get yeah. gotta find a setter but yeah. uh you know they've got a young player I think Mary Miller's uh, daughter is a mm-hmm. setter so they'll
0: find someone and uh, I expect they'll be back to the yeah, state tournament it'll be uh be fun to watch them next year hey Morningside football um, started off their uh, national tournament run Brad last week and and played uh, Dickinson state and uh, the score was 5714 but it seemed a bit closer uh, than that initially. Uh, Dickinson State took the ball and, and made a really good march down the field. Uh, had a big play uh, by Joel Katzer, who was the defensive player of the game by the media uh, for the Mustangs that really th- stopped that drive. And then, of course, the Mustang offense took over. And, and uh, they did some pretty special things. Uh, A.J. Ponder set the all-time rushing record for Morningside in that game. Um, and uh, he's got another year left. Um, they are going to be playing St. Xavier out of Chicago. Our friend Brian Atchison, school, Brad.
1: Yeah, so uh, Morningside takes care of business. I did uh, look uh, a little bit, uh, read some about St. Xavier and their stats. Uh, looks like they've got the number one passer in the country. Uh, they really move the ball through the air. Um, a little less than average, uh, only 114 yards rushing per game. Um and then their defense seems to give up some points and give, gives up some yards. So let's hope that
0: Morningside's offense uh, takes advantage of that. Weather's going to be a factor, I think, uh, on this game Saturday. It sounds like it could be a little snowy, and, and uh, that might bode well for the Stangs because they do they can run the ball, Brad, and they can stop the run. They've been a little susceptible um, in games I've watched with Northwestern and with Dickinson State on the deep ball. Uh, they've, had, they've given up some deep throws. Uh, they're pretty solid and underneath, and uh, and they really good against the run. Well, Saint Xavier has a couple of
1: senior receivers that are burners. Um, both of them getting close to a thousand yards on this on the uh, season, averaging uh, over eighty yards a game. Uh, number one, Nick. Uh, Suzuki and Harold Davis, mm-hmm. number number seven. Good so good let's let's hope they can be contained.
0: Well, St. Xavier's from that tough south side of Chicago, and if they're grabbing kids uh, out of the uh, Chicago Public or Chicago Catholic Football League there uh, that uh, are kind of trickle-down kids, they're going to be tough, and uh, it'll be a game. Um, and it, here's an announcement, though, that just came out, Brad. It's free admission. Uh, go to the game for free. I saw Saturday. that. I, I really didn't think the playoffs ever did that. Yeah. So uh, I, is Morningside the, picking up the tab? Or? I don't know. Maybe they've got a sponsor, but that's pretty cool. They had a great crowd uh, for the first round uh, game. I don't know what the the section holds, but it was about eighty percent full. Nice. And uh, so it was. It was really a. It was really a good setting and a beautiful day for football. A lot of fun to see Mustangs come mm-hmm. out of it healthy and. I'll tell you what, Coach Ryan uh, has got it going on over there, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, hopefully they'll uh, be able to knock off St. Xavier and keep their run uh, for the uh, national title title once again. Hey, we're going to come back here after the break and start talking a little Big Ten football um, and a little more uh, Siouxland College sports on the basketball side of things, Brad, on uh, Two Guys and a Conversation. Hey welcome back everybody to Two Guys in a Conversation. Steve Ferguson along with our co-host Brad Moore. Great to have Brad back in the studio with us and by the way we want to say thank you to uh, Brad and his team out here at Sterling Computers. We're at the campus of Sterling Computers and they help us put this show together and uh, Jason Mulemeyer last week helped me out and it was very much appreciated uh, uh, by that. And I, I, it's great to have this uh, spot, Brad, to do this show. Yeah,
1: if it were up to you and I with the technology, um, we would be taking the video on our iPhone and sending it in. <laughs> it would be bad.
0: Yeah, we've called out on our phones before and they put it together for us. Hey, uh, Room of Knowledge time, Stephen Brad's Room of Knowledge. We're gonna talk again a little bit Big Ten football. One of the things that we've enjoyed doing all season long is Brad and I get a chance to talk about and rank the Big Ten teams. We just had a little discussion before we came on the air, and hell, darn it, Brad, I go back to our first show, and you said, don't sleep on Michigan. Michigan's going to be there in the end, and guess what? We've got Ohio State number one, which we have to, but we both agree Michigan's number two right now.
1: Yeah, I would put Michigan just in front of Minnesota, and not, nothing. don't take anything away from Minnesota. They've had a great season. Mm-hmm. Um I, I still think that uh, Michigan's a better team.
0: Michigan's playing good right now. I totally agree with that. And then hats off to Minnesota with with you know what they're doing. And uh, they got they got a big one with our number four team, Wisconsin. It's funny. I had a couple of folks today uh, over in my office, Brad, that are Minnesota Gophers fans. Holy smokes! That's what's great about college football. Yeah, they're so excited. Yeah, they said the last time they've been to the Rose Bowls in the early '60s. They're thinking they're going to go to the Rose Bowl if they don't you know if they don't get to the big 10 championship game which they if they beat wisconsin excuse me they will get to the rose bowl obviously if they lose to ohio state if they beat ohio state they'd be in the college
1: What place. a just a game changing uh the momentum uh changing year for minnesota oh. to, to to maybe have one or two losses yeah head out to the rose bowl wow
0: so you know i always made fun of pj fleck and the goofy gophers and again it's their rival it's tough. as you should
1: but, he deserves it
0: but i'm telling you He's like he's like what what does our friend Dr. Rizik call call somebody that was a friend of ours a fungus that kind of grows on you? He's yeah. growing on me. Yeah, right. I like some of the comments he makes, and and he's all about his guys.
1: So PJ Fleck in Minnesota often have some of their best players coming down to places like Nebraska. Uh, we we've recruited very well out of Minnesota after this year it's going to be tough to pull kids out of that state yeah,
0: i totally agree i totally agree on that so we have wisconsin number four it's gonna be a heck of a game at minnesota coming up uh, saturday and then penn state five they've dropped a little bit although they're playing tough teams and then we're keeping iowa right where iowa belongs at number six and uh iowa and nebraska we have a whole bunch to talk about on the last section of our show and so we're going to leave the conversation on the hawkeyes in nebraska to then but uh You know, Brad, what do you think about uh, this upcoming uh, Michigan-Ohio State game that's uh, coming up here?
1: You know, that's a great rivalry, and uh, Michigan's tired of losing to Ohio State. There's going to be plenty of motivation there. Ohio State's going to try and take care of business. I think it'll be a close game, uh, but I just think uh, quarterback at Ohio State, he's too much.
0: I I never would have thought this, but after watching the second half of the Penn State-Ohio State game, I thought, you know what? I think we saw a few cracks in the armor of Ohio State. That game was 21-14, and Penn State had a chance to tie it at 21-21. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and again, it's football, it's sports. Fact, yeah, Ohio,
1: Ohio State lost, uh, you, you know, Fields, I think, was diving in the end zone, lost one. That hurt, yeah. Yeah, changed yeah. the momentum. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think with uh, uh, Dobbins and yeah. Fields, yeah. And I think they have a little too much, but college football's crazy, as we know. Anything is going to happen. I personally, I would like to see Ohio State win that. I want to see him uh, get all into the, the playoff. I'd like to see him go all the way. I think
0: it would be good for the Big Ten. I totally agree. And then got Young back after his one or two game suspension. That that defensive end That's amazing. So, going to be a fun weekend, man. It's uh, it, it's really going to be good. Some big, big games. So, um, let's talk a little bit about uh college, some of our college sports here, uh, basketball wise, at least. Uh, uh little morningside and morningside men are off to an unbelievable start they're 7-0 bread ranked number two now in the country tyler borchers was the uh, gpac men's player of the week uh the first one they had and uh they've got a couple of good games coming up uh this weekend in the the holiday tournament down at i think fremont um they're playing uh bellevue who was a top 20 20, uh, 25 team and then uh, southern oregon so two more challenging games for the Morningside men's team.
1: I, w- I was reading about uh, Morningside, and I did see that Tyler got GPAC uh, Player of the Week. Tyler actually played for me. Uh, when I was coaching my son, and we won the city tournament when he was in eighth grade, I think so. I can say this to Tyler: yeah. Tyler, change your picture on the website. You look like Fredo from uh, The Godfather. <laughs> so <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm gonna awesome. I'm gonna talk to your parents talk about, to Barry your about that, would you. Yes.
0: Oh, what a great guy Barry Borchers is, and uh, I've had the pleasure of, of getting to know him a little bit through the Morningside years at uh, basketball. And man, Tyler was a, just a fantastic get for Coach Sykes to. Him to come back to uh, the men's team there on the women's side. Sarah Mitchell was the women's GPAC player of the week uh, in, in the same week with uh, Tyler, and the uh, women's team is three and one right now in the GPAC. Lost a tough one um, to Hastings uh, last Saturday, uh, but Jamie Sales got that program going. But they're gonna they're gonna uh, be up against some tough games. Uh, Concordia. Uh, they got uh, snowed out, I think, uh, Brad. And so Concordia is ranked number one in the country in women's. But the women's team is really doing well. Sydney Hupp, senior, um, is having a monster year. She's doing double-double almost every single game, Brad.
1: Yeah, Morningside, uh, you know, Hoops is good at Morningside, and uh, they're fun to watch. And I I think that the girls are going to continue to improve for sure.
0: Um, men's at Briarcliff, uh, they've, they've run into a few tough games, haven't they, Brad?
1: So they've lost three in a row. Uh, they've had a tough schedule. They uh, lost uh, Monday to Dakota Wesley in 73 to 88. Uh, Jackson Lamb continues to be a high scorer, uh, a lot of output from from him. Uh, he's number six scorer in the country right now. Um, what's hampered him the last couple games is cold shooting in the second half. Uh, yeah. You know, close games. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think that I saw one of the last two games they went 0 for 10 from three yep, point range, yep, yep. Uh, so they're just having a little little problem uh, closing. They play on December 4th, uh, Northwestern uh, at home, so uh, let's hope they get it back on track. It'll
0: be tough. Well, you know they are very perimeter based. I think when you con- you do the contrast between Morningside right now and Briarcliff, Morningside has an inside game. They have three post players that can score that gives them a little bit more balance uh but boy when briar cliff gets it going and i've watched them over the years i mean they get it going they could put 10 threes in the first half on you like nothing yeah and so uh, i have not a,
1: seen him yet but i want to go see jackson Lamb play
0: oh i'm telling you, exciting player and and Friedel, yeah, exciting guard i mean you talk about a confident kid uh again i've told you that's the the, the bloodlines of South Dakota, the Friedell family. But yeah, he's a he's a gifted guard as well. So, uh, yeah, and he's count.
1: been the last couple of games. He scored 2117. So yeah, uh, yeah. he's a good compliment to Lamb. Yeah, well,
0: we're going to talk just a briefly. I got to give you a couple updates on Iowa, Brad. And I don't know if you've watched them on the men's basketball side of it only. Jack Nunji uh, was a starter 611 guy that redshirted out of Indiana Tore his ACL last game. He's out. Patrick McCafferty, a top 100 recruit, the son of, of Fran. He's got an illness, and of course, as you know, Patrick was treated for cancer when he was, I think, an eighth grader, and they th- they think maybe it's a little stress on his body with all of the college. So he's out, and then uh, Bohannon, Bohannon's out. Not sure he's going to come back, and probably going to redshirt.
1: Potentially redshirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, that be, that's a loss. That's I tell you, major loss. Uh, Bohannon is so clutch. I, I don't know how many games he's won at the end, but uh, whenever Nebraska plays him, and it's coming down to the end. I just think do not let Bohannon take the last shot. That He's clutch.
0: Last year, I think he had the most points uh, scored in the last minute uh, per player in the country. So it was something crazy, stat like that. How's uh, how's the mayor of Ames doing in Lincoln, Brad? Well, he's
1: scrapping. Uh, they're playing as we speak right now. We're taping uh, on a Wednesday, and they're playing down at uh, Grand Caymans in a tournament. I think they're playing Southern. Okay, How uh, come we're not there? We should have been there, but they're three and three, and uh, they're up and down. They have trouble uh, making free throws. They don't shoot very well. They don't uh, rebound very well uh, yet. But when they do shoot well, they 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 have they're, they're fast oh, yeah. and and they push it up and down the court. They're going to get a shot off pretty quickly if they're on. They're pretty formidable, but uh,
0: so far just kind of limping along. They'll be fun to watch, and they're just going to get really good with him coaching down there. Well, that's it for this section on two guys in a conversation. Uh, We'll catch you back and talk Huskers and Iowa football after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. Steve Ferguson, Hawkeye Steve, along with our co-host, Brad Moore, Husker Brad. It's time, Brad. It's time. It's time to talk Super Bowl for the Huskers, Um, and uh, Iowa Hawkeyes are in town and this is something that you and I have uh, uh, briefly chatted about in in each show coming up and now here it is and I'm worried as a Hawkeye fan.
1: Well I so in my office we're equally divided about 50-50 Hawkeyes, Huskers and it was funny every single Hawkeye I talked to today they thought Huskers are going to win. Every Husker I spoke to said Hawkeyes
0: are going to win. That's so funny. Um, Kirk Ferentz has great respect for Scott Frost, and, and it was, we and I were talking that uh, he was asking his press conference why certain statements had been meant, made about disrespecting Nebraska. And it's all, obviously, I think, uh, fake news uh, because Ferentz got, looked at the, the person asking the question and said, Why would we disrespect Nebraska when last year we had to go for it on fourth down? and kick a field goal, a good field goal, just to eke out a win yeah. at home.
1: Yeah, I well, don't
0: think we're disrespecting anybody.
1: No, either. I think that there's a lot of mutual respect between the two programs and between the two coaches. And we, we talked about Iowa's eight wins year after year, uh, which now us Nebraska fans have a new appreciation for now that we're in the Big Ten West. So, um, you know, I think it's a great rivalry, but in order for it to be a rivalry, Nebraska's got to win some of them. And uh, hopefully, from my perspective, it's Friday.
0: Well, it's going to be a rough game. I have to do a little shout-out to a, a little person I met um, along the way the last few days. His name is Tate Brodersen. He's from out in Nebraska. Tate's a 10-year-old. We talked a little bit about Nebraska Hawkeyes. And I before I told him I was a Hawkeye fan, I said, Tate, what do you think about Nebraska? Well, did you see last week's game? I said, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. I said, but you know, I'm a Hawkeye. He goes, we're not friends that day, are we? And I said, nope, Tate. we're not. But right after the game, we're friends again. Yeah. And he goes, yep, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, they
1: learn about it at, a, at oh, an early oh, age. Don't you love it? That's yeah. good
0: stuff. So anyway, Iowa, going into this, um, you know, last week, you know, it was very pedestrian, 19 to 10. I thought I thought Stanley, though, here's the funny thing about Stanley. He's, he's carried the burden of a lot of criticism because they haven't had a lot of big game wins under him. But yet he's won two bowl games. Um, He's going to be in the top three of all time statistics. But the last two weeks, Brad, it's almost like he's just a different, he's more relaxed. He's just playing differently. He's letting it fly. He had a ton of completions over 20 yards against uh, Illinois. He missed a few throws. I think the game could have been a lot different. He missed a few throws, which he can do, but it was windy. But he looks different. In his post-game interview after his senior day is the first time that he's really shown any emotion, and everything. So it's going to be interesting to watch him on the road now, Nebraska. Yeah,
1: so uh, here's what I think is that possibly Nebraska can contain Iowa's rushing game, possibly.
0: I think that's very possible. But
1: um, Nebraska's front never gets pressure. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to do a ton of blitzing. Um, so the, the question is, and I think Stanley's a very good pocket passer when he has time. You know, when he has time, he's very efficient. If Nebraska can't get pressure on Stanley, could be a long day, you know?
0: Well, it'll be, I think, a little bit depend on weather, too, you know, what they're going to be able to do. I mean, you know, these guys are used to playing in, in wet footballs and that kind of thing. So maybe it's not as much of a factor. Wind is probably more of a factor.
1: Yeah, wind would be more of a factor. And, and okay, then on the other side of the ball, um, Martinez has been a little gimpy, not, not been his fast usual self. Uh, we were down a a bunch of receivers. We're down our top two running backs that are really breakaway threats. Nebraska has a lot of trouble scoring in the red zone. So they rely upon big chunks and, and, uh, quick strikes. And and we've just got a lot of playmakers that are either injured or, or not playing right now. So, you know, that's the fear also is that Nebraska will move it up and down uh, the field and have trouble getting into the end zone. And then I think we've had six different, uh, field goal kickers this year, that's another issue. So, um, it, I, I would Question agree marks. with the spread um, five and a half Iowa. Is it up to I, I, five I and a half? I thought it was three. Yeah, it started at three. It's up to five and a half. Oh, so, I would agree with that uh, on the road. I'm definitely uh, probably if I if if you held me down and and I had to take a, a pick a winner, I would pick Iowa.
0: Well, it's interesting. Here's how I look at it from the perspective of, of Nebraska, and this is why I really agree with Coach Ferentz. He says Martinez is the most challenging quarterback for them to face this season. You know, he's talks about, you know, Patterson being somewhat elusive Brock Purdy can really do the run pass option pretty well, but no one's like Martinez. And we both agree if Martinez is healthy, that's number one. Number two, if he does not turn the ball over, that's going to bode really good for Nebraska. It's going to be difficult for, for the Hawks. The third thing is, where he can really hurt you, in my opinion, is he breaks containment and he throws the ball so well deep down the field. Iowa is susceptible, and this is this is where I see a weakness. They're susceptible in their safeties getting beat deep. I've seen a, th- a lot of long balls uh, lately getting beat deep. I think they're pretty solid at corner, but they could get beat over the top in, against Nebraska.
1: Okay, so I could this be an X factor? Um, at uh, Maryland, uh, the freshman quarterback, Luke McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in, he is another step fast. I mean, he is fast and, and he was running the option and was running a uh, quarterback keepers. And it looked like they would stop him for two to three yard gain. He would go for 10 to 15 yards because he is so fast. Could he potentially be brought in to, to mix things up a little oh, bit yeah. against Iowa and, uh, you know, really, really uh, trying to make the edge and, and, you know, see see if he can do a little damage with his legs. He had a
0: huge game. And, uh, you know, his brother destroyed Iowa in the Rose Bowl, you know, a few years ago, who's playing uh, for the Carolina Panthers because Iowa had not seen that kind of quickness and speed and athleticism all year long. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a great point, something to watch for as well. Iowa has not been as... Uh, formidable against the run either Brad you know and the Huskers have had their moments running the football
1: yeah they had uh, 300 yards against Wisconsin and then they had another 250 against Maryland I know it's Maryland but uh, no, it's, they've definitely I, I think they're in the top three or four in the Big Ten in rushing the football um, so we'll see we'll
0: yeah see. isn't Martinez number two in their uh, total yards rushing maybe I think yeah. he's up there so he's I, such, I a, he, such a factor yeah
1: he, he can be a fact when he's healthy and when he's playing well. If Martinez plays well, um, Iowa's gonna have some troubles. I think doesn't mean they're gonna lose, but uh, I I said to one of my coworkers today, I told Steve Van Ginkle, I said, it's gonna come down to which quarterback plays the best. Oh, I totally agree with that.
0: You know, and Iowa's defense has been given up more yards, but at the same time, they haven't been given up points. And it's just an interesting, watching them play is just so interesting. You know, they'll give up plays, they'll give up plays, but they they gave up a broken play, and Phil Parker went nuts and benched, you know, the starter because of miscommunication. He's so disciplined, and they'll live with field goals, uh, but, boy, you can't beat him over the top or you're going to find yourself sitting next to him on the bench.
1: Yeah, I just have a feeling that uh, Friends is going to uh, play it very conservatively and let Nebraska make the first mistake, and, and then he's going to get more conservative, and they're going to be tough to beat.
0: Well, we'll see if he does the typical. Try to keep it close, and hopefully pull it out and have just enough points. and And uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, you know, you and I have a lot to talk about after uh, the game and, and our next show. and And uh, it's such a fun event to be able to to play each other and be the border the kind of the border rivalry. Frost talks about it. France talks about it. And Ference and and Frost became really close when Frost was at you and I, and I didn't know that. So I guess there's there's really, truly a relationship there that's beyond uh, that I didn't know about that Ference talked about in his press conference. So.
1: Well, Frost is not going to, uh, he's not going to want to start own 2 against Iowa. Nebraska would be own 5 the last five years. Um, that doesn't set well uh, in Lincoln. And, and Bill Moose, the athletic director, has said it all season. Six wins and bowl eligibility is the expectation this year. Um, which I thought was very reasonable at one time, but uh, there's no pressure on Frost. He's our guy forever, but uh, there's definitely a little pressure to get to that bowl game.
0: Well, I was now, Brad, five years in a row with eight wins. So, everybody that's a Hawk fan, calm down. Do you really think that, you know, we're our, our level of, we, we, every once in a while, we might get lucky and get 10, 11 games because things go right, but we're consistent and we're in games. We get a chance to feel the emotions of the wins and losses because the games are close, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, so I
1: I read an article, 95% of the top 15 blue-chip recruits every year are not within 500 miles Mm -hmm. of Lincoln, and that means they're probably not within 500 miles of Iowa City. So it is definitely an uphill climb for the Iowas and the Nebraskas of the world and the Minnesotas to get the blue-chip recruits. So eight wins year after year, I'd say – take it and be happy. It's going to be fun.
0: Well, good luck to the Huskers uh, this Friday, and uh, it's going to be a fun game, and we'll chat a lot about it next week on our show and two guys in conversation. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next week.